oh, you just do so well at your job. He goes, oh, because you've got that immigrant work ethic. Oh <gasps> no, he yeah. did not say that. Yeah, he yeah. goes, you got that immigrant work. That's because that's why you're so good at your job. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you find yourself. Welcome to the Asian Narrative Podcast, where we invite you to our conversations on important matters, including identity, cultural, and societal issues in relations to being Asian in the West. This is Lynn, your co-host for today, joined as always by my co-host Asaki and Satoko. Today we'll be joined by our guest, Dahaba, in which we'll be talking about mental health in the workplace, in the household and dating, and how this has formed our personalities as women of colour. Um, so our guest today is Dahaba. I met her through a friend, Sarah, who I'm at university who Satoko also knows as well. And I thought she would be like the best person to do an episode for us. Well, she was keen on it anyways when I mentioned it to her. Yeah, um, really keen. Is, you know, yeah, exactly. She was like, yes, let's do it. I was like, yeah, thank yeah, God. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you want to introduce yourself to the girls as well. Hi guys, everyone, lovely ladies. Um, <laughs> I'm Dehaba, I am a journalist. I do mainly like politics and social affairs. My family are Somali, so I'm Somali, and, but I grew up in Tottenham in North London. Um, and I, yeah, I went to school with Sarah, who is one of my best mates, and Lynn knows as well. Mm-hmm. And cool. so this is Toko, um, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> she knows her too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is Saki. She knows Satoko. I met. I've not even physically met her, so I don't know. She's like not even one hundred and forty centimeters. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually, I'll get to meet her. But yeah. Um, so the topic today I thought would be quite ideal. If you don't want to do it, we can always just change it. It's fine. Um, but I picked like mental health. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, not yeah, too mental- bad. <laughs> but also cool. Not as well. <laughs> It's not cool. That's why we're talking about it. Yeah. So um, it's really difficult um, to laugh like without sound. Like, you know, like trying not to like burst out laughing. We're like, oh, mental health. Yeah. So I picked mental health, and it's primarily because, like, in African and Asian households, I kind of uh, realized that it's kind of like a forbidden topic, mm-hmm. almost. Um, so I will just I thought it would be quite good to kind of discuss it, kind of delve into like the nitty gritties of it and, you know, talk about our experiences with it as well, like individually and also just in the community itself. Yeah. So I think one of the first questions that I was going to ask is how is like mental health viewed in like your household or your culture or like just how do you view it? Um, I don't know who wants to go first. Um actually like it's it's really the reason why i was like mental health is like quite a really good topic to discuss because actually i don't have i don't really tell people this i'm recently started to talk about it a bit more i think i mentioned it on my instagram a few months ago but basically my brother was um extradited so my family are dutch because when my mother fled the somali civil war she moved to the netherlands first and she yeah and she um and then we came to the uk after that when i was 10 so we're all actually dutch and my brother in 2015 was sent back to the netherlands by the british government because even though he's schizophrenic um he was extradited um he's like it I've only recently started thinking about the reasons why, because when you're younger, he's quite a bit older than me. So he's like 11 years older than us. And so he basically, 
he's always suffered for his mental ill health and when he this has been numerous suicide attempts including one time when he chucked himself off a building and ended up yeah. breaking both the bones and his legs and all the stuff mm-hmm. and i remember i would always have to try and get him i would always try and get him sectioned which i know you think why do you why were you doing that but he was safer what well, he, he was in hospital mm. than like wandering around the streets um mm. and then when he actually when i remember being like 17 this just before about to go to uni and trying to get him trying to speak to the hospital being like he's sick he's sick he's sick and i remember the the doctor was like to me oh your brother is more criminally minded than clinically insane and it's like oh so he's more bad than mad and that got me thinking about all the all the ways in which young black boys and their mental health is like treated in ways that which they're more often not criminalized rather than treated for their mental ill health. And when they are treated, it's to do with forcibly detaining them, like sectioning rather than other forms of more effective healthcare, like talk therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I actually, my very first piece that I wrote to the independent was all about mental health in marginalized communities. And then after that, I um I did like some work to do with like young black boys. But in my household, my mum's been really good with it. My dad left mm-hmm. when I was really young. My mum's always been really good with it. But in terms of like our extended family, people have been like, because I'm Muslim as well. So people have always mm-hmm. just been like, oh, can, like, yo, like, can he just pray? Like, why does he not just pray? Like, we can just read the Quran on him. Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Like, like, or people would see it as like a punishment. Like, my mum was a bad person, which is why she'd been like punished. So it's like in the Somali community, mental health is just like, it's just, there's so much work that needs to be done. Yeah, I think it's quite similar in um, like Asian households as well. But I think I don't really have any like, examples but i think the only times i've heard my parents like kind of speak about it is like a family friend or something or someone they know has like committed suicide and they never really like understand why they just said oh they just killed themselves and that was like the end of the conversation they never really mentioned like mental health or like the reason why they did it or anything like that and even that they just don't even really see it as like a like a health issue either it's just like they're just crazy and that's it yeah, I, I don't know. I've, yeah, I've not really had any um, examples or experiences with it for my family and how they view it, really. It's just kind of unspoken. We just don't ever speak about it, and that's it, really. You know, yeah. you know when we talk about mental health, like, I've just said quite an extreme example, and, like, as well, the examples mm-hmm. you've heard of have been, like, quite serious. What about if yeah. you ever said to your parents, like, oh, I'm, I'm, like, I'm stressed. How do they see stuff like that? I like, don't... The thing like, is, that, I don't... I don't even think they think stress is isn't like is an even like a thing. It's just like yeah. a bad day and that's it. Yeah. But if I went to them like, real. oh, you know, I'm depressed. I don't know what they would actually do or say like at yeah. all. I've caught, I can't, I can't even have that conversation with my brothers, let alone my parents. Mm-hmm. I have no mm-hmm. idea what they would do or say. Like I don't, I wouldn't say it's not like a safe space. It's just like a, a topic that yeah. I just never would discuss. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't even I about you guys? even bringing yeah. it up to my parents like mm. yeah how do I, you think they would like react I feel like they would be like accepting towards it and trying to be open and learning more about it but they probably don't know anything about it you know they don't know how mm. to react they don't mm. know you know what to do for me or for you know so it's just I feel like it's just non-existent like you said it's just not it's not a thing in my family, yeah, it just doesn't exist. In my family, mm. yeah, um, you just don't talk about it. If you if you're like depressed, you're just sad. If you're mm. stressed out, you have anxiety. You're just you know you're just tired. You had a bad day, or you're yeah a bad day. yeah. 
you know mm-hmm. they'll be like oh it's, it's fine like you can just you know go to sleep eat mm. you'll get better you'll be mm-hmm. better yeah i think that's like if i ever come home from work or something or once oh how you're like i'm just tired and she's just like just go to sleep right <laughs> just yeah. go to sleep then like the next day is a new day kind of thing i was like okay <laughs> Hmm. I actually like I actually tried having a conversation because I'm quite I'm I guess I, I would say that I feel quite comfortable with like talking about these things with my mum but at the same time it's something that's um I would never talk about it with my dad um that's I think maybe another thing that's quite um common in maybe our cultures but um yeah, so I've struggled with mental health. I, I don't really talk about it that much. And I don't think I've ever really talked about it with any of my friends. So this is like the first time. Oh, it's <laughs> like all in the open. <laughs> no, but um, I have struggled with mental health quite a lot. And um, part of it's kind of do- actually to do with my identity that I just don't really know where I uh, like what I am, who I am, like, you know, this mm-hmm. whole Asian narrative project, like wh- wh- how it started. Um, but I have like um, struggled with uh, mental illness or like not mental illness, but just like bouts of depression. And actually, when I was in Loughborough, I um, was actually sometimes seeing a therapist. Um, it wasn't like a professional like psychologist, but it was like a sports psychologist because it some of it had to do with my like me doing sports as well. Um and I yeah like very recently I kind of spoke about it to my mom because I still have bouts of like depression but and anxiety and then I was like oh yeah we were watching um we we were watching the news and there was news like in Japan it's quite common for people to commit suicide um for overworking for overstress Mm -hmm. um and people throw themselves off trains and I think that's quite like universally known um Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like people don't really speak about it. People don't really know what to do about it. And it's more people take this view that it's the the that person's fault, actually, for causing inconvenience to others um, when they commit suicide. And, you know, the parents have to or their families have to compensate everyone who was delayed because of the train or whatever. Like it's the news is more about the inconvenience caused rather than like the root of the problem and Mm -hmm. I just kind of casually said like oh like you know I suppose like sometimes like what like what would you do if that was me kind of Mm -hmm. and then we got into this conversation and I just kind of mentioned like I've I've considered suicide before like not all Mm -hmm. the time but like once or twice and she was like you have and it's like yeah like you know I've struggled with depression like it's it's something that comes up sometimes um and she was like oh but why would you think that and I know she meant well because she was trying to like understand but it just kind of showed like it was very difficult to have to explain why to someone who doesn't understand and is and I and that just kind of made me realize like how how much of it is not talked about at all in like for such a long time it's Mm -hmm. because everyone just always assumes that it's something to do with the that person that that person is unless that person is on medication or is Mm -hmm. like extremely you know considered like mentally ill clinically ill I guess you could say um 
it's not really considered mental illness or like it's not mm. really considered a thing and it's like if you and she knew I had problems but she kind of thought like you were sad you know like you were a little bit like not you didn't have the right footing or you didn't feel like you were in the right place or whatever and to an extent that's true but it you know for any for anyone who's you know so many people experience you know anxiety and depression at some point in their lives but for those of you who have experienced it it's not just that and it's very difficult to explain mm. and it's also kind of difficult when it's your direct like when it's your parents so like yeah I guess it, that's a long very long way of saying I agree with um, everything that but all of you just said of yeah. it's not really talked about and yeah people just kind of think it's yeah I don't it's it's strange to think that it's you know someone else's fault not it's, yeah you know it's I was gonna yeah. ask actually for like for both of you actually who mentioned your experiences how does your like parents react to it like do they do any have any like actions or how do they kind of console you or try to give you advice or anything like that just very quickly I think for me they kind of tried to give me space um because they had no idea like what do you do like to to someone (laughs) um Mm -hmm. especially when they don't really know what it is um Mm -hmm. like what depression is and um yeah they just tried to give me space but I think for them that was all they could do I mean my dad doesn't know because I don't really I mean maybe he does through my mum, but I I never spoke about it um Mm -hmm. because I don't that's something that you don't really speak to your dad about at least in our household so um not much (laughs) how long ago was that that you spoke to your mom about it um I so when I was in the UK I didn't have like the guts to actually say what it was like I well like even I didn't know because like I think you back then like also you're younger and you don't really know yourself but um Mm -hmm. I just kind of said that I was a bit like you know upset and down um very recently uh like last year um ish yeah what about you Dahaba I feel like with my mum if when it was my brother she never really like she obviously it it wasn't about me that and I didn't I never would have wanted to make it about me so she never really asked but I suffer really badly from anxiety I think uh, Lynn got a taste of that this morning um but I I get like sometimes I get like terrible anxiety and it's always always centered about my work around my work and my career and am I doing well enough and am I going to be am I a failure it's incredibly irrational but Mm -hmm. it's just like and in many ways it's good because it means that it gets me up in the morning and it's what like well I mean it's not what I only think it's in the morning but you know what I mean it's like a it's a driving force and like makes me makes me work hard but in other ways I just like if I'm not constantly achieving something new I can get like really down like really Mm. down and feel like I'm like like not achieving anything and my mum's never really understood that like I remember it was like like when I was looking when I was so I, I work at the BBC and I, I, I remember when I was trying to get my BBC job all sorted my mum was like what's the problem like you're not you are gonna 
like you're gonna have a job so what's the issues like her thing is like you're gonna have money so what's the problem you have a job what's the issue like yeah when I was like applying for university she was like you're gonna go to a university what's the problem and I was always like no I want to go mm. to this university I want to I want to work at the BBC I want to I want to do like yeah. she doesn't really get it and she thinks <clears> that I'm just <throat> like deliberately causing myself stress for no good reason mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, that's I, a- Sorry. Go on, sorry. No, go on. I was gonna say, like, I probably am. Like, I probably am causing myself stress for no good reason, but it doesn't help me <laughs> in that moment when I'm like stuck inside yeah. my own head. Mm-hmm. That's actually so say- interesting because I I I I can completely understand how you feel in that, but I actually think that's really interesting. And sorry, like I'm adding like I'm gonna add another question, but like Go for it. I just feel like I don't know if that's necess if it's um also to do with the fact that we come from ethnic minorities in yeah, the sense of um, like always having to prove something a little bit extra to be considered like average and in order to be considered something a little more than average you have to do you have to put in like double or triple the effort of yeah. like other people like it's not going to a certain university or doing a certain degree or getting a certain job is of course like getting a job is good but it for like the society for like the the circle the family that you are in like whether you know you're the only one who have, who has lived abroad or you come from like an immigrant family or might like it's it's like a huge deal and then people start to expect things from you or at least you know and yeah I just wonder if that's also something to do with that the amount of pressure that we put on ourselves because I don't think it's I think it's quite a like a not normal but like a common thing common thing yeah yeah yeah, to add to that I was going to mention as well um like coming from like a ethnic minority background I think it's also like you know when you said like parents don't really understand it's because they are well I think we're all first gen immigrants yeah so you know, back when they were at home, especially our mothers, they didn't really have these opportunities to go to school and go to university and like have a you know prof- professional job. It was kind of more focused about getting educated as far as they possibly can and then start a family and then education just stops. So like looking at their career, they don't really need to stress themselves out that much. It's more of just stress more about the kids. Mm. So like, I completely agree with Dahaba. Like my parents didn't really understand like, why I was getting stressed out about like what university or what I was studying or why I was even applying for a new job they just thought like why would you leave a job that you already have like why would you do that like Mm. it's almost like you should just be happy that you have a job and also they don't understand annual leave is a thing (laughs) you get paid to not work (laughs) I was like yeah I'm allowed to take time off work I think it's because you know they've always worked in kind of like laborious jobs where you don't have time off work you just work and you get paid for the time you you know you have um but yeah I also wanted to mention with Dahaba when you're saying like when you kind of just think about you know am I good enough for this job type of thing I've always done every single time I've done like a new job or even like a new task I have this like I've read into it it's like imposter syndrome mm-hmm. where you just don't think you're good enough to see the job and it like really works you up because you're like oh I, they shouldn't have employed me for this job mm-hmm. like I definitely should get paid to do this and then like thinking about it I always thought like I have no idea what I'm doing that's like I always do I was like I have no idea what I'm doing and I've now come across with, like loads of my seniors 
and my managers and like higher senior like positions they also don't know what they're doing mm. I just literally just like you know makes me feel a lot better because I'm not alone I was like okay they have no idea what's going on as well like my old manager just started a new role and I was like so how's the new job he's like I have no idea what's going on I was like thank god thank yeah. god um and he's white so it's not just us which is good yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> the thing about the thing about white men it's interesting that you should say so. the thing about white men is that they like they have they have they have a they they have no clue in fact they've got less they're in a deficit of clues they're they, they have a clue deficit about what's going on they don't know anything mm. but they they're really good at like i mean that's really okay so for the purposes of this podcast uh not all white men <laughs> but i <laughs> but i um, but but, uh, but you know what i mean like they're really good at like they're really good at finessing the system. They're really good at putting on a show, acting, faking it till they make it. And I feel like yeah. we're so quick at being like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, especially as women. Especially as it's women. So of true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Like, there was this guy who, I remember when I started at Newsnight, I was one of the younger, well, I was the youngest person on the desk, as they call it, which is producing the show. There was a guy there. He was uh, three guesses as to what race he was. Ding, 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 Caucasian. And he, um, he was like, he was like middle aged, uh, like all the boxes ticked fat another box ticked and he goes and he goes and he, goes, and he would have he was literally so mean <laughs> to me like but like in like he was he was very rude but in like and very fetishistic like, there were all sorts of problems with him but the main problem with him was that he was like incredibly fetishizing and incredibly patronizing so i remember mm. one time he was like to me, oh he's like oh happy he goes, you're so good at your job aren't you and i he's like, he's like you're just so good at your job because he goes you just have that drive that like you just do because you just like come here every single day he, bearing in mind like i was at the at that time i was a broadcast journalist and he was a senior broadcast journalist so he wasn't even like he's been there for years he's been there since 1993 the year i was born okay so he's not been i wasn't literally even born like trust me he goes, he's been there before, he, he's been there, like, before you were even, like, what the hell? And he goes, but he, um, I literally, I literally remember looking at him being like, what on earth? I he goes, that's the year he started, uh, like, as a broadcast journalist. Anyway, so he's a senior broadcast, he's not an editor, he's not correspondent, he's not one of the presenters, he's, like, nowhere near, like, he's senior, mm. but, like, in a very different way to me. Who, yeah. who, what he was, anyway. And then he was like to me, oh, you, you just do so well at your job, he goes, because you've got that immigrant work ethic oh <gasps> no he yeah. did not say that yeah, yeah. he goes you got that immigrant work that's because that's why you're so good at your job and i was li- but like no no go for it go, like, go, go. That's, no, i was gonna say that's not that's not the worst thing he said like he said some truly horrific <gasps> things like the first time he turned up because it was i was working throughout the pandemic he was working from home for the mo- most of it so even though i've been there since november we'd only actually seen each other face to face in like march and i i could you know you could just as a woman, you can tell when a guy is fetishizing you, especially an older man. Mm-hmm. You just know, you can feel it. Yeah. yeah and so he yeah. like turned up and was like, the first thing he did was like go like, oh, are my elbows dry? No. The first thing he did to, to come up was to be like like this. You know, when you know in the pandemic, everyone was doing this towards the oh, end. Oh yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. So he come up to me to, to do this with his elbow, to grip me with his elbow. And then I'd be like, and then I'd like, and I was like really like hesitantly with my mask on, like, yeah, sure. Well, te- this is technically against BBC guidelines, but, and he goes, and he like, he came really close and he was like, he was like, he, and he's like talking about how he'd been to the, this is the first time we've met. He was like, oh yeah, I've been to the, um, the Darb region, which apparently is in Sudan. I wouldn't know. I'm from North London. 
and so he was like so he was like i've been to the dar bridge and he's like i love sudan i love east africa and like we just like go on to all these like really weird things especially about how much he like loved east african women and how beautiful east african women. oh like, it was God. weird like it was so weird but like I forgot what I was going with this. My point is, like, <laughs> my, my, I've just got into like a half hour long diatribe about my awful experience. No, it happens quite a lot with us, to be yeah. fair. Yeah, yeah. But my point is, like, us, our, our feeling of like, con- like, do you think he felt the need to constantly achieve? Mm. No, because he'd been in the same job for 50 mm. years. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I think, like, you know, people, I mean, for the purposes of this podcast, not every. Um, this is not a representation of everyone. <laughs> Disclaimer. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is, but there really is like this culture of um, people who come from like ethnic majorities, um, whether it's Caucasian men or Caucasian women, or you know, even women, even Caucasian women um, to an extent. Like they don't have to prove themselves because they're already kind of accepted. It's not. I mean, obviously, like if you get into a good university it's great like people celebrate for you but it's also kind of like oh okay you know and then it's like oh but you can get a job even if you don't go to an amazing university whereas like Mm -hmm. and then especially like and then one thing I thought was quite interesting when I was in the UK is because that because I was there as an international student I didn't feel like an international student but I was but it's interesting it was really interesting for me to kind of see other like British students who weren't white who were also treated as international students and it's like oh you're doing really well and it's like well they're British you know it's like that it's not that it's somehow like categorized as different and then somehow so like I think it's only natural that they feel the need to that we feel the need to like prove constantly prove ourselves and be like actually we're exactly the same we have the same like level of brain and skills and knowledge but it's it's um yeah like this is therapy session for me today so I'm just gonna you know it's all coming out but but I'm, <laughs> yeah. I think one of the things that like the reason why I have like anxiety when it t- comes to like hard work or like the way that I work or the way I feel like I have to work is like comes from like when I because I used to do sports and I used to play tennis um quite like seriously but back then I actually lived in Holland, so that's why I was like, woo. Um, yeah. <laughs> I lived in Holland for like over 10 years. Anyway, but my coaches used to always say, um, and back then I didn't think it was weird, but now looking back, it's weird. Um, they used to say that, you know, I am Japanese, so I have I should have that like Asian discipline, like in everything I do. And it's like, and it was obviously like specifically for me and they were like, the way like the way you will succeed in this sport is through your Asian discipline and that was like Mm. like implemented into me like since I was since I started playing tennis so since I was like eight and like always consistently being told that okay I am Asian and so you have this like inherent obedience discipline that Mm. will make you succeed and so yeah so like ever since then it's like okay I have to work hard because I can work hard because I am Asian and it's like if I'm not working hard enough or if I if people don't see that I'm actively working hard enough then it's not enough and then that cycle of like burnout and 
anxiety and mm-hmm. feeling not good enough and then letting yourself down just like constantly is just yeah but was he um white dutch yeah yeah <laughs> you think he would have said that yeah, too yeah. of course I, I just needed the clarification just in case <laughs> um do you think that he'll be saying that to your like white dutch team members oh no of course not because they're not asian so like mm. and i you know he probably probably meant it well obviously i mean they wouldn't i don't think they would say it like to mean to be mean but um i don't think people realize like the 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 yeah like the power of your words yeah as the power well. of the words That's, yeah it's the same thing with like the harbor when he that guy said you know you have that immigrant work yeah 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 like (laughs) it just makes you think like why what like why why do you think that like why there are plenty of people who you know yeah yeah it's actually i'll tell you guys something sorry go on no go on go on i'll tell you guys something that will make your blood boil like it's always like this always happens. Well, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said it about that. It's quite it tastes like your blood boil. I mean, it's Halloween, <laughs> but she does. Um, but they, but they, um, but like basically. So I was at Cambridge, which I was telling I was telling Sarah this the other day actually. Woo-hoo. I yeah, I was like I I don't mention it, do I, Lynn? Like I yeah. should don't mention. I should. I, I, should I didn't it. know she. I didn't know she studied at um, Cambridge until Sarah told me, and I was like, oh sh. I, it's not that I don't, it's not that I don't not tell people because I'm not proud of myself. I don't, I don't not tell people for many reasons. One of the main reasons is that I, whilst I'm proud of myself, I think it's, I think it's good that I went. I think that I actually counterintuitively don't think that going to Oxbridge makes you any smarter than anyone else. Universally speaking, because of the amount of people I saw there that went to the Eton, Westminster, all these really posh private schools that were nowhere near as smart as they have been told they are. But just because Mm. they went to those schools and their parents paid Mm -hmm. an extortionate amount of money, they got a free ride to like a good university. I'm sure you've seen plenty of people like that at Loughborough. But like, but so that's why I universally don't think it makes you smarter. Like, but you know, big up me, I'm, I'm a genius because I didn't go to the schools. <laughs> but, um, but like, so, but when, whenever like I do, I do mention it, which I like rarely do, people like, or I mention it a lot at work actually. I like to wave it around at work because it like, because like it's at work and why would you not? But like, if I was to mention it in like a social setting, the first question, people are always so bleeping surprised like they're always like oh like they're literally you can literally see them do that and they're like oh and they're like and they're like oh so what did you like how oh the question that pisses me off sorry the question that annoys me the most (laughs) is when people say oh what did you like like oh how did you get there oh like people always ask people always ask me how did you get to cambridge and i I was asking my friend uh, who sarah rose sarah rose lee met so her name's Sarah Jane. I was asking her, I was like, to her, do people ask, she went to Oxford. I just randomly asked her one day, I was like, did people ask you how you got to Oxford? And she's like, no, never. And I was like, why do people ask me that all the time? Mm. And she goes, and she, and what, I remember one time I was dating, I was, well, I, I was like with this guy for a bit and we were together. And he, bearing in mind this guy's Iranian, he, on one occasion, he was like to me, oh, so you went to, he was like, so you, he was, he was, he was like, and you went to, he goes, Cambridge was it and I know he knew because it was on my profile where I met him so we met on a dating app and so he was like to me and then then he was like I was I was like yeah 
just like thinking like let's letting it brush over and he was like oh and he goes and what did you do to get to cambridge and i was like obviously i have an answer ready it's as i was like oh i off the admissions tutor that's what i always say like i always just say i admissions tutor because like what do you what what answer yeah. i sat some exams they weren't all right i literally yeah. said to them, I was like, it's such oh, an so outrageous like, it's yeah. such an outrageous question yeah 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 yeah, and so crazy. And, yeah i know and he was like, and, and i was like, and he was like oh haha and i was like and then i was like, and then i was like yeah like i sat some exams they weren't all right and i turned up on my first day like what do you want me to say and, yeah. then, like, and then and then on another occasion i, I said like I, I said something else um I saw him like a few times. The second time or was it the third time? That was the last time I saw him anyway. He was like saying something and I must have like corrected him because he was wrong. And then he was like, and then he turned around to me and he was like, he started like mocking me. He was like, I'm Dahaba. I went to Cambridge. I work for the BBC. Oh my God. I know. You, I hope you did not see him again after that. I literally, I blocked mm. him on my way home. That is the the levels of anger I felt. I was literally like, "Don't you dare mock me!" Like you, like you're not even white, which like doesn't make it okay if he was white. But you know what I mean. Yeah. And I'm like, "You're Iranian. You went to some stupid like school where." And and after and when he said that, I was like, "I don't speak like that." And then he was like, and then he was like, like showing that I was like annoyed. And then he was like, "Oh, it's fine." He was like, "I went to Aston, but I studied engineering, so therefore that makes it more." I was like, and I was like, "This isn't a competition." Yeah. I was like, and secondly, I was like, you went to a school. He went to like this really like, what? Oh my god! Another thing he was like to me, he was like, he was, he was like, oh, uh, he was like, I went to this school. He had like, mentioned the name, and I was like, cool. And then he was like, and he was like, he was like, oh, he goes, have you not heard of it? I was like, no. Why, why would I have heard of your school? And he was like, and he was like, he was like, oh, it's really like famous, like private school basically and he's uh. like your parents pay thousands of pounds for you to go to school your mum you probably like mummy fluff my heart like all like all mm-hmm. posh boys and like mm-hmm. you're like mummy my hair i need it to be more fluffy because he had like really fluffy hair and i just assumed his mother fluffed it for him because he wasn't like <laughs> his boy after all and he was uh-huh. literally oh, like i was like how dare you like you live in this place he was lit he lit you live in this flat that like your mum like your, your dad helped you get first of all and like you're buying a property and you, you he openly told me because i don't have to worry about saving because my dad said he's gonna give me the, the money for my first of all. I'm and you're taking the out of me who works so much harder than you like just yeah. go away yeah mm. but anyway that's sorry. crazy do you think um an aspect of that is like well first of all I'm actually surprised because I find it very difficult when like minorities attack other minorities it's like mm. we, we're already fighting yeah. against like you know another disclaimer not all white people but white people yeah. you know yeah. you don't want to attack from you too yeah. but um I was going to mention, do you think it's because, like, you know, because he's, like, a guy, it took, like, an attack on his, like, masculinity almost that you went to, like, a higher, yeah. So, like, Mm. your success was a lot higher than his, whereas his one was almost not earned but just given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. And I think I'd really appreciate your guys' insight in this because, so I'm I'm really blessed in the sense that I've always met, like, incredible women in my life. And like I've and I've always had the opportunity to meet incredible like you guys and like women who are like really oh. smart and like oh no stop it I know I know I know but but you know but like so like <laughs> I I genuinely feel like I'm not I genuinely from what I've experienced like seen I mean like observed and like from my own experiences not that I'm the sexiest woman on the planet but I am on a Saturday night but I have uh, <laughs> it's like it's like you know like I I genuinely feel like men cannot cope with women when women exist at the intersection of smart and sexy that's the problem yeah it's like 
so do you guys feel like you've had difficulties with men who've like smart sexy and a woman of color i feel i feel like in my experiences i think most of the times when they're very like immature Mm-hmm. they are they feel threatened almost like they always expect women to be one or the other so if you're smart you have to be ugly if you're sexy you've got to be dumb and there's no way it's in between and if it is like yeah. you know you somehow have both something's wrong with you yeah. kind of thing and they always feel threatened so like um there'll be some occasions where you know let's say i've earned more money then they'll just feel like a bit kind of you know bogged down like they couldn't pay for stuff and etc etc i was like well get your money up if you're sad i'm just just laughing because i probably know who it is exactly (laughs) if he listens to it it's it's a bit awkward but we move um but then some people would be like oh yeah i really like that do you know what that's one thing as well they like would appreciate it and you know yeah they'll pretend for a bit basically there's like always a time limit where they'll just tick them like i don't like it anymore like you're just this very like strong and independent woman you're a feminist all this etc etc and then it's just a super turn off of that okay didn't want to deal with you anyway so um so that's my experiences to be fair um Mm. which is interesting because i do feel like it is a hit to their like almost masculinity because as a man you know they're taught to kind of be you know the provider the mm-hmm. you know earn money so you can provide for your family protect and etc so where a woman is able to do that to themselves they were like what am i even here for mm. but that's just an insecurity for on them side so like i wouldn't want to have to deal with that type of guy again or ever type of thing if they can't appreciate or support your like journey of being as dahaba says sexy and smart on a yeah. Saturday, especially. <laughs> exactly. Trust me. Maybe not today, but definitely on a Saturday night. But the thing is, the thing don't is, worry. The listeners like, can't see us. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. You, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Now, can you edit that bit out? I. I thought, <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> no. Um, no, I know exactly what you mean. Like, I find it really stressful. Like, that's something I really like. It's like really irritating, and in your mind, you become like Julian. Like, you know that you're. Well, you're like, oh, this is not gonna. Like, with my ex, was like the only guy who would like I mean he had met there were many many things wrong with him but we were from completely different like but aside from that uh, but like he was the really the reason main reason why I really liked him was like what I was doing was completely separate to his life like he saw our, like he was happy for me and was like oh my god you're doing so well like or like you're doing this but like he he wouldn't take it as like a reflection on him yeah yeah whereas I feel like loads of other guys do Mm. Mm-hmm. They compare them. I like yeah. I've. I mean, this is gonna this this is gonna sound really bad. So like, you can edit this out. Actually, no, please edit this out. Like, it no, sounds really it bad. But I found that like people, like they, they're. I guess they're intimidated by the fact that, like you said, like they're intimidated by the fact that you you're smart and you're sexy and you have confidence and you're successful, right? And you know people like us or or the women who are like that are confident because we know we can do well we know we know and we value ourselves right and I think um in my experience people have been very like guys have been quite intimidated by that and like they just kind of say oh you're kind of scary (laughs) (laughs) they always say like they're always like kind of not yeah they're always kind of like afraid 
and it's like yeah. I'm not I'm not scary but it's just like yeah yeah and like I think it's just the it's just purely based on the fact that I in many ways I know more and I can do more and I know yeah. that I can do more and, and you don't need their I don't need yeah. I don't, don't need, need you don't need no man they know yeah and they know that and yeah they know that yeah. there's not much that they can input <laughs> I think there is a level yeah. of that like I think all like any woman who is successful or who is in like you know who's there's so many women out there who are doing amazing things and all of those women in a way are intimidating but that's only because they know their value and yeah. they they're yeah. very confident and they're very smart and everything but you, you so, raised a really good so point. point but <laughs> no you raised a really good point and you raised a point actually that made me think that like when guys are like no it's really good because like, <laughs> when guys like act like almost taken aback by us i often mm. always think like i don't know which do you know any girls? I, that's what I want to ask them. I want to go because the girls I know are like brilliant. So I don't know what. So when they when they tell me the classic one, you're not like other girls. I'm like I'm literally like every single. I'm a carbon copy of every single one of my friends. So I don't know who. <laughs> I don't know what you think is going on here. But what all like I remember when when I remember when I was working at Panorama and I was like talking to this guy and I was like to him, oh yes, I'm just like making this documentary at the minute. And he was like to me, I don't know many girls that make documentaries. I was like, you literally need to know more girls. You need to go out <laughs> there and start talking to girls because there are so many yeah. girls that do shit. Like, you guys who are like, yeah. do, do this podcast. Like, Sarah, who's a bloody firefighter. Like, there yeah. are so many girls out there who do like really cool shit And like, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> do, do, like, I, I'm confused in that situation because, like, is that, is there like a lack of women? who are apparently seen as intimidating to these men or or do they just come across women who are I guess less educated less ambitious etc like I don't know what it is because it's the same yeah. thing with me as well when I've come across guys they're just like oh like you're so amazing you do x y and z x y and z and like no one really does that I'm like as the harbour says I was like literally all of my friends do yeah. cool stuff yeah <laughs> So I don't know what it is. Yeah, that's I interesting. That's I've never few, really thought about that. Like, I don't, I don't know them, but considering the number of people who are like the number of guys who are intimidated by women like us, I would assume that there's quite a lot of people who also kind of put it, like, kind of pretend that they don't know as much as they do, or like, kind of, you know, dial it down a bit. Whereas, <laughs> um, like all the like exactly as you said, like any close friend like all friends of mine all girlfriends that I have and all the women in my life and all the inspirations that I know like don't dial it down because why should you you know yeah. mm. we deserve to be heard we deserve to be doing what we want to do and that's the attitude that they have and so that's kind of like I'm always inspired by that and that's the energy that I get from you- them as well do you think these men though are like intimidated because they're like, what am I even doing with my life then if this girl <laughs> is doing so much? Like yeah, it's again, it's the yeah. same thing. Like, what can I even provide for you if you're doing everything <laughs> yeah. yourself? But like, that's one thing I have struggled with was like um, having to come across like in the dating pool like men who can't provide actually anything 
beneficial can, to can my life the, can we just change the puppet <laughs> dating part two or maybe like <laughs> or maybe do like a really really huge u-turn back to mental health but like yeah. let's just yeah, let's just, yeah we this, will. let's just have this um what, what do you call it intermission of dating yeah. we'll stop it we'll stop it <laughs> anyways back to mental health how did we get here uh, I, I, I think I literally think it was me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it, it, this this happens to us all the time. Like yeah. we go on a tangent, and then it all go back to like talking about potatoes and the type we like. Yeah, so. yeah. No, it's no. But I actually think we, we're making good points. We'll talk about like ambition, like being like tr- trying to be like what you guys are, but like brilliant young women, and like how mm. that relates to other aspects of our lives, including our mental yeah. health, including our relationships. Oh, it's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think one thing I was going to mention about, especially with work, is um, what I've realised, especially working like a corporate job, mm-hmm. is like the way women type emails. I've really, oh, yeah, really yeah. come across. Yeah. And communication. Like, when I first started working, um, I would like email as I would type to my friends. So like, you know, exclamation marks, uh-huh. smiley faces, just so, you know, dial down the tone. And then I realized, I was like, I can't keep on doing this. It's so unpro- almost unprofessional of me. So I just started emailing like my male colleagues. Yeah. So I took out please. I took out like explanation marks. I was like, see attached instead of like, please yeah. see attached. If there's anything I can help with, please let me know, smiley face. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh my um, God, I, 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 I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly yeah. what you mean. No. So like, it's almost like, you know how you have like a professional voice when you're at work yeah, yeah. and then you have your normal voice so I know I can do that I can turn that on and off quite easily but when I did not realize that I can text an email and I can't turn it off but now I've realized I need to turn it on and off mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, um yeah. like my flatmate and a couple of my friends they work in like like marketing which is like a really you know millennial zone jobs they don't really care about this you know very corporate very professional like emailing or communication is very pretty chilled so I had a discussion with my flatmate. I was like, no, I email like that all the time. I was like, even to clients. He's like, yeah, it's fine. I was like, that's so weird. Yeah. I can't text. I can't email like that or talk like that. So when I have like meetings with banks, I have to like turn it all the way off and uh-huh. go to like just super, just professional in. So even topics that I'll talk about my life, they're just written off. I just talk about like very bare minimum stuff. And it's always like, how was yeah. COVID for you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that's one thing I definitely have struggled with like I have to I, I think it is a part of the anxiety thing and overthinking yeah, that I struggle yeah. so many years every single thing of my life is like I overthink of how I've typed something how I communicate and how I come across yeah. um, to a person and I know that I can affect my own job and my salary and my, you know my position to even be promoted because I'm not you know professional mm-hmm. enough or or, you know and you know if I don't build that relationship with these banks on a like a formal and also informal level then it also could affect my position of you know get promoted other than uh, over than someone else mm-hmm. but I don't know if you like guys experienced that or not I mean 100% I, I struggle with like trying to you know having try to have like too many um exclamation marks in my emails I'm like I have three too many in my emails. Yeah, it could be even it could be like hi explanation mark. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I putting it there? And I'm always so scared that they're gonna think that I'm mean and that they're that I'm not nice to yeah. emails because they can't see Me my too. face, they can't hear the tone of my voice. So that's mm. why I'm trying to, you know, put my exclamation marks. But why do I have to seem nice when I'm just sending them a, a file? Mm. Like why like would my mail counter, you know, like would they have to worry about 
you know, their clients thinking that they're nice or not. Like, you know, you just got to be professional. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think, I don't think men actually have to, like, need to really think about these sort of thing. They just kind mm. of just do it without thinking. Yeah. And I don't know if it's the way, like, women are wired as opposed to men. Like, women are, I guess, more, like, socially aware yeah. as opposed to men. So they're quite, you know, they know. That's probably why they get promoted and get pay rises a bit easier because they're just so straightforward. Yeah, yeah. There's no way in hell, but like, I want a promotion because I've been doing a good job. I'm like, nope, can't do it. And I would yeah. always think like, was I doing a good job? Mm-hmm. Is this not just like what I've been here to do? Yeah. So I'm being yeah. paying the salary that I've been given. No, but that's yeah. a that's a good tip when you're doing anything. Like when I was doing a when I was looking for a job, I would have to like you know when you're going through like the the qualification like list of qualifications, and I'm like okay, check check check, and I won't apply to a job unless I like check everything. But my friends would be like, would a white man like I would okay? Then I would come come across a job post that I would only maybe qualify for like half of the thing and I'd be like oh no I can't I can't apply for this I don't qualify for this and then my friends would be like would a white man apply for this with the same you know education same um, experience Mm. and everything and I'd be like yeah they would they would actually you know apply for it and then that would be that I would keep on telling myself like would a white man apply for this yes (laughs) yeah yeah. it's a good tip yeah yeah. that's such a so funny it works and I've got callbacks and stuff too so damn yeah i, I, yeah, I was actually it, thinking about i've been in the same situation because like actually two situations really recently that's why i'm super stressed but um one was um so i was telling the girl actually i told you all now so i recently put an offer in for like a flat that i want to buy for myself and one of the things is like negotiating mm-hmm. and i can't negotiate because i was like i thought it was just going to be the asking price that they gave me and that was it so I, I had no idea how to go about this and I, I had a chat um, with the guy that I've been dating and he was like yeah it's fine you can keep on going back and forth because I, I always thought the like, same thing with the harbour I was like what if I ask too low and they're like no retracting it you're not getting this flat at all now yeah. and he was like you could literally go back and forth back and forth until someone agrees and stuff like that and it's the same thing with like work so yeah. I know this is me being like maybe it is be me being an Asian woman but it's the same thing with the harbour I um, I hope no one from work hears this. If they do, please don't tell HR or my bosses, please. <laughs> um, so I had a chat with um, a, per- like a line manager about a job and essentially like he was really on board and really wanted me to be on his team. And then I had a chat with my own boss who told me basically that I can't apply. And it was because apparently at my company you have a, a four-year assignment and my window isn't open I was like I did not know about this mm. um and said you know we can't really afford to lose you right now but I was like that's not really my problem yeah mm. yeah that's their so problem like, the, yeah. yeah so there's me thinking like oh you know I don't want to upset anybody at the moment and I came back on to work like Monday I just went and I got an email from the other line manager saying, you know, I put the job listing online so you can apply. Really looking forward to your application, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, oh, my God. And the, the job expired the next day. And I was like, oh, my God, everyone's offline because of half term. I can't talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. And then I had a chat with some like colleagues of mine that I don't directly work with. But I was like, this is probably the best thing you can do because they're offline. You could do this kind of sneakily. I was like, I don't mm-hmm. want to piss anyone off. But then I was like, if I was always like, again, it's the same thing. Like if a white man did this, they would just do it without anyone caring about any pissing yeah, off yeah, anybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. They'll just do it. They see an opportunity they're going to go for it. And I had yeah. to like, almost like rewire my brain. I was like, do you know what? If I'm so scared of 
upsetting anybody. I'll just literally stay in the same position that I will be in forever. Just worrying yeah. about like, I don't want to, I don't yeah, want to be yeah, an inconvenience yeah. to anybody, you know? Yeah. I'm yeah. on these projects. I don't want to just leave and et cetera like that. But mm. it's like for me and my, as like, you know, a part of my development and my career, I'm going to go. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's really hard. Cause now you think now except like you both just kind of mentioned, like, just think like a white man. I'm just going to have to think like a white man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, it's like with your current boss, you could just be like to him, like, and the thing is, in both of us, in all of our situations, and like particularly in both of ours, like I'm not gonna be a, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be rude in my email. I'm, I'm not gonna be like, give me one minute. Yeah. I'm gonna be like, phrase it well, yeah. and like, yeah, and like, with you, it's just like you're gonna frame it well with your boss. You're not gonna be like, see, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, you're 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 literally gonna be like, like, oh, this just be like, you're you're sprout, you're you're obviously you yeah. know how to do it. So like, I think it's completely fine, and like, at the end of the day, like sorry sorry to, sorry for your boss but like obviously i understand it from his perspective and i'm literally only saying that because this is being recorded and gonna go on air or like live <laughs> i would i would not be saying this if it wasn't but what i mean to say is like like obviously i understand from your boss's perspective but equally like you really do have to look out for yourself mm-hmm. of course and yeah you're, i don't want to you're really gonna enjoy you're really gonna enjoy the team aren't you the new one yeah exactly i think that's what it is i just don't want to seem like an inconvenience because there's so much movement already on the team my manager my new manager at the moment he doesn't like know too much about like the department so he's learning and I get why they want me on the team Mm. but again I don't want to be a convenience to them when for myself I'm like not unhappy in my job but I just need more development and it's just not here I think that's such a big thing yeah I think that's such a big thing and like to kind of and that kind of also links well I think with mental health as well Mm. um what you said about not wanting to be an inconvenience I think that's such Mm. a big thing especially for women of color it's Mm. like you don't want to be an inconvenience to anyone you'd rather not make a scene you'd rather because you're so afraid that anything might happen to you like in terms of like you might get you're constantly thinking will I be fired if I say this will they will I not have the opportunity if I do this um and I think that really creates a huge amount of stress within us like within people who who think that way and Mm -hmm. that is a huge I think factor for mental health Mm -hmm. and like for a lot of mental health issues and Mm -hmm. at least you know I was talking about how there's a lot of suicides in Japan a lot of it is women as well Mm -hmm. um like quite a few not high number of percentage of it is women as well and I think it does have to do with not 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 completely but I think a factor is also not being able to say no not Mm. knowing like when you like the boundaries you set for yourself and especially like if it's power harassment or even sexual harassment Mm -hmm. or any kind of harassment that you don't want to cause an inconvenience by saying no when yeah. that is entirely in your right to do so mm. and I think that's like yeah what you talked about inconvenience is I think a really big thing yeah because like if if they were in that position they wouldn't really think about I'm going to be an inconvenience so I'm just mm. not going to do I'm not going to go for that opportunity you know Which yeah something you know we do need to rewire but it's just been in, so ingrained into you know mm. our like hardwire so it's just really hard to like shift yeah um one thing i was gonna mention as well actually was um like talking about mental health actually um like i myself i've I've, you know i've tried like therapy like counseling etc 
Mm. And the first person that I went to was actually a white woman. And I was just talking about like the dynamics in the Asian household, like my, you know, how strict Asian parents can be and, you know, the expectations, you know, they want. So like, you know, um, we was just kind of talking about, um, you know, the need to be like married and having kids quite early on or like dating within the culture and etc. And, you know, some of them can cause like severe kind of consequences, like, you know, being like kicked out of the house or something like that, right? But when I was discussing it with the, the therapist who was the, the like middle-aged white woman, she was just so surprised. Mm. I was like, I don't really need this right now. Like, I don't really want to have to explain yeah. why my parents are like that. So um, that's, I actually didn't even finish it because I was like, I can't be bothered. Yeah. And then the second time I tried, I thought, you know, I'm going to focus on finding like a woman of color therapist to kind of talk about this so she can understand. It was better, but it still wasn't like completely there. So it felt like I need almost an Asian Vietnamese woman to understand me and my problems, mm-hmm. you know? Cause I went to like a South Asian woman and she, it was like some understanding, but not a full understanding of what I'm going through. Yeah. Um, and also with that as well, I almost treated like therapy as like a physical doctor where I went there, I told them my symptoms and then I was expecting healing as soon as possible, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I realized is actually more of like a gradual, you know, self-awareness it's like a journey as opposed to you know having you know paracetamol and you're fine in like a week yeah. kind of thing mm-hmm. um so yeah i don't know if you've had any experiences with like seeing counseling like i know you mentioned with the sports um sports counselor or therapist um and you know their level of understanding i guess it depends on what you obviously discuss and what problems you've mentioned but i know i had a discussion with one of my friends who actually funnily enough was the same counselor at the south asian watch like oh and she she almost she said the same thing. It's like she kind of understand, but not fully. Yeah. Then stops going, and I also stopped going as well. So I don't know if you guys had any experiences with that, or even just not even in general, but just in talking with friends or or family or etc. Have like an understanding of the problems that you're facing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think it's, I think that's such a good way of phrasing it, being like therapy is treating it as like a because mm. when you said that just now I was like oh that's exactly what I think therapy is yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. I'm like I was literally like I would expect if I went to therapy I'd literally be like yeah. what so in three to five working days I'll feel better yeah, but yeah. It's like, <laughs> therapy <laughs> sometimes <laughs> makes it worse I feel like yeah I mean, sometimes yeah. it just it just opens a can of worms that you didn't realize actually existed and you're like oh, yeah. oh how do I deal with this now <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was like I remember the first time I went it was like the first time I went and I like spoke about some like issues and I was like oh this made it worse now I'm like even more vulnerable than I was before mm. and then the second time it was just like it's fine I can deal with it <laughs> mm. kind of thing um but yeah like again it was like a gradual thing so when I first went I was very very fragile I was very very you know in um like really upset and etc and like even to like now i've like been able to deal with it and it's just the gradual self-awareness you know mm. what i you know the boundaries that i can set myself and etc to kind of like not basically go back where i was before um so yeah when i went to a therapist i thought like it'll be again like a physical doctor where like oh i've identified i've identified your issues you just have to do this and i'm like okay cool and that's all i thought it was and definitely not that mm. it was definitely not that at all um yeah I think it does make a big difference talking to someone who understands your culture or talking to someone who doesn't Mm -hmm. um because 
when you go to therapy, you don't exactly know what you're meant to say either. Like they say, they tell you like, okay, you know, how are you feeling? And then you basically kind of start talking about it. But if there's no understanding of the context of what you're talking about, like they they cannot help you, you know, like whether it's, um, you know, um, I think Dahaba had a good example when you were talking about your brother in the beginning of, you know, people saying like, oh, they should pray or like, you know, whether it's, you know, there's a religious aspect or a cultural aspect, like people who aren't from that culture or don't understand that culture wouldn't understand why that would be said and like Mm -hmm. why Mm -hmm. that would create a sense of anxiety or why that would create a sense of pressure on you. You know, like if you, if people don't know the family dynamics of an Asian household and the pressures that, you know, an Asian child might feel from their parents it's very difficult for them to actually give any advice you know Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so I did I did find that it helped to an extent but um it helped to an extent but only to the point that like it was quite like kind of um surface level I would say Mm -hmm. because if you if you go deeper like there's no understanding there Mm -hmm. um that said though if I if I were to go to like a Japanese there I haven't been to a Japanese therapist but if I was to go to a Japanese therapist I don't think they would understand either yeah just given my background because I'm not because I'm not like I I am fully Japanese but I haven't you know I I don't have that you know like (laughs) I've lived longer abroad than I have yeah. yeah 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 and it's very difficult to like and so that's also kind of my problem. It's like I you don't need, like, know a who to speak of to. You who's a therapist? <laughs> yeah, who's gonna... yeah, yeah. Which is which is why I would end up talking to like my friends, like yeah. tiny bits of it, and just kind of thing like you know. But um, yeah. yeah, that's that's my experience, or like what I think. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, because you don't want to be explaining the whole, you know, your whole family dynamic when yeah. you're just going through your whole, you know. Mm-hmm. your anxiety your stress like you can't be you know yeah. painting a picture of your whole culture your religion your family yeah it's just mm. too much i feel like i know and actually something that's what makes me like i'm gonna be really vulnerable here that's something that makes me like a bit not concerned but i think when i if i meet someone and i'm like and i now and i want to like settle down or something that would mean telling them everything about my family about myself mm. and having to explain it all and then like and I that like, it really scares me like I really get scared by that because I think like and that's probably one of the reasons why I like I mean I set these ridiculous standards don't I where I'm like it's got to be six foot two you see it's also got to be built it's also got to go to the gym it's also got to have a good job it's also got to be funny <laughs> and down to earth and like and like and like, so I'm like, I just like really, I can. It's so transparent. Like, I know that like none of these things really matter to me, but they're a way of like me mm. being like, oh, I can't meet anyone. Then that's a chapter of my own. Mm. And like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like it's just because I imagine if I had to like in the same way that I explained to you guys very briefly at the beginning of this podcast about my brother. Like, there's so much other stuff. Like my like, there's just so much family baggage that I would have to like mm. unpack with this person, and like yeah. so much stuff about me. That like yeah. they might not be so quite so willing to I don't know maybe they would understand but like in my head mm. I'm like 
oh, maybe I've just lucked out and all my friends are great. And like, actually, it's going to be quite difficult for me to find someone who's going to understand me. Yeah. Yeah. It's I quite think the, the, the family aspect that you just mentioned is super yeah. interesting and super relevant because family plays a huge role in like Asian, yeah. African, um, Latin American cultures. And that's something that doesn't necessarily, um, translate to like more western societies i feel like because i think the family dynamic that we have and i can only speak for asian like japanese households but i'm sure it can somehow some also kind of you might understand as well is like it's not just about your it's not just about your family it's not uh, like it's not just about your parents and like your siblings it's about your cousins your aunts your grandparents your nieces Mm. your nephews the decisions that you make will not just affect you which Mm -hmm. would be the case in an individualistic society I think but it has repercussions to like people you haven't even met and it's like your cousin's husband's family or like you know and it's Mm. like oh yeah and so that dynamic every every single decision you make you're basically having to think about how that affects other people like a handful of people yeah. is yeah. yeah just it's it's crazy in it's a way it's almost like there's yeah. a lot of pressure yeah. as well because you don't yeah. really almost get to yeah. think about just yourself it was mm-hmm. like that film that we watched um the farewell right where mm-hmm. they was talking about like eastern families are very like community-based where you have to think about other people, not just yourself. Whereas like in the Western societies, they're more focused on, you know, just you and yourself and bettering your own, like yourself, mm-hmm. not having to really think about how your decisions is going to affect like everyone else that comes with it. Yeah. That being like a mm-hmm. third cousin that you've not even met, it could affect them somehow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, 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 it's hard, like having, like, I, something I definitely worry about like explaining to a romantic partner which is ridiculous because I feel like I've made like I've got, like loads of friends and like all my friends get it so like why wouldn't I mm. it's just it's a fear that I have where I'm like mm. oh we have to share my life with this person mm. yeah I think it's another level of like vulnerability right like mm. your friends are always going to be there kind of thing whereas a romantic partner may not be so like it could you know you you be vulnerable you share your you know your issues and your quote-unquote baggage to somebody and they could just leave and then you're like oh, i have mm-hmm. to do this again kind of thing i but think also that's like yeah. the ripple effect that it would have on family and like you know i i find like at least with friends like i don't have to introduce my friends to my extended family but if it was like mm-hmm. you know a future husband i would have to you know the the whole extended family will have to know them and that person will have to go through that whole stage and it's yeah. like pretty like I think your anxiety there is completely understandable like I I feel the same way sometimes too mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of for someone especially if it's someone who doesn't know that culture well or that mm-hmm. uh, what understands yeah. that it's difficult to explain mm-hmm. you, probably can only be explained through experience but at the same time you don't you want to kind of shield them from that experience (laughs) you know actually my first boyfriend um said something really horrible to me um I'm it was during a time where I was going through a particularly tough time especially with my brother and everything 
and I must have told him not even everything, like literally a fraction of like some of my family problems. And then he told me that he would have to go to therapy because of everything that I told him. <gasps> no, you don't want to yeah, hear yeah, that. Yeah, I know. I know. That's not to, nice. like deal with yeah. it. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I was really young and like incredibly stupid and like. I like def. That's someone I definitely shouldn't have had in my life, let alone dated. Mm-hmm. But still, mm-hmm. um, no, yeah, that, that, so that, yeah, that's, that's understandable that... to have that, yeah, that anxiety of like having to be vulnerable with the romantic partner because obviously you can have that fear of, again, like your example you just said, like someone saying comments that clearly isn't going to help the situation. Have you ever had? I mean, Dahab has shared quite a few that I think are absolutely kind of atrocious comments that she's received that you should absolutely not have received like under any circumstances but have you ever found have you ever received in the past like comments that have kind of stuck with you that maybe is a source of like self-doubt or like any like how you that it's changed that it might what am I saying that it's affected how you see yourself in a way that also affects your mental health? I think um, I've, like, it's the same thing with the harbour. Like, I'm grown now. I've, like, dealt with people and, you know, their mean comments and etc. I've come to realise when people do say mean comments, it's not actually about you at all. It's a projection of whatever they're going through. So I never actually take any, like, comments like that um, personal anymore. So it, it actually wouldn't really affect my mental health. It's more of like they're going through something. They're just like almost just projecting whatever they're feeling onto me, which is obviously not okay. But I just won't take it any personal anymore. Whereas like if I was a bit younger, I probably would. Mm-hmm. And it would stick to me um, more, but I personally don't anymore. Mm. What about you, Asaki? About you um... I, I mean, I don't really, re- I guess, like, my, okay, so my grandma's very, like, a traditional-minded person. I love her and everything, but, you know, whenever I'm being very passionate and talking about certain topics, like gender equality, you know, racial inequality, all that kind of stuff, I get very, like, hyped up about it, you know, even in front of my family, and my grandma would call me like hysteric or crazy because I'm like showing my emotions through, you Mm. know, talking about my passion. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that made me feel very conscious of like how I show my emotions. And um, when I talk about the things that I care about, like I usually, I try not to show my emotions anymore. Or at least Mm -hmm. I try not to. But I think it's okay if it's something that you're passionate about and you, you care so much about it because, you know, it shows how much you care about, you know, these certain topics that you're talking about. So I don't know. I feel like that definitely changed my view on like how people see me when I talk about certain things. And I like in my head, I'm like, oh, I need to tone it down a little bit. I need to like, you know, dial it down and not show too much of my emotions and just, you know, talk about facts, facts, facts. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Okay, well, if we don't have much to say anymore, I think we can just finish it up. Don't want to take more of the Halloween 
Today. I love this. I loved this session. Session. Well, because it was pretty much therapy. It was no, pretty but much like therapy. it was. It was so nice to. It's so nice to meet you. Like yeah, it's just it's not because we we've had guests, but um, they've all been men, and you know, yeah. it's been no like they've been really lovely guests as well. But it's yeah. all. I I think it's always really nice to see, and meet like and talk to, women. Yeah, I don't know like. I, I, I feel that more and more these days mm-hmm. as I get older I feel like more drawn to like talking to women and like mm-hmm. having co- these kind of conversations with women mm-hmm. it's just really empowering mm. no thank you so much for having me I know exactly what you mean about like it's because of our shared experiences isn't it like we just mm-hmm. we get it in a different way than like some things men just don't understand <laughs> I'm like yeah, well, exactly. even basic yeah, things yeah. like I was talking to I'm talking to this guy and like the other night he was like oh it was literally like 9 p.m and he was like just going on a run and I was like it, just, yeah. I bet it didn't even cross mm-hmm. his mind that like the privilege it is to be able to do that uh-huh. yeah like just mm-hmm. in this pitch bark just, oh I know never mind um yeah. but no thank you so much for having me it's like I, I when Lynn was like I was like oh my god I've seen it it's brilliant I want to be a part of it <laughs> <laughs> I think also it like really... just when you're young I don't know if it was like me but like I feel like women will, or girls would always pit themselves against each other rather mm. than like especially like Looking when you're together. quite young yeah and then like yeah. through middle school high school kind of thing that mm. you didn't really see or like at least I didn't really feel like women were like allies in a way because some of them could be really mean and like some of some girls could be really horrible and like bully other people and like I just saw some people as like really mean and then but as you get older like you see women like Mm -hmm. I'm a woman too so like lift me up and I'll lift you up (laughs) and we lift each other up and it's just yeah yeah, it's really I completely agree with that Mm-hmm. well no, that was I, a great I, conversation I genu- yeah and I, I genuinely like, I love this and I love this chat. I just love seeing like like as I said like I just love seeing incredible women doing amazing things like I'm just like oh my god this is incredible yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah it was a really good conversation actually it was really um I know we went on a little bit of a tangent but maybe we could do that for season two which is all fine dating season two it's fine yeah yeah I'd love I'd love oh my bloody days guys you, need to get, you guys need to get like a fucking cup of tea <laughs> oh my god i'm looking forward to it because uh, we're doing something for sarah's birthday in a couple of weeks so yeah nice i'll be hearing about those stories i'm looking forward to it oh, yeah, <laughs> but keeps them for the awesome. podcast as well keeps them yeah, yeah. For the podcast. she'll probably have more content for next time oh, don't yeah. worry <laughs> what are you trying to say call me a host no, <laughs> no i'm joking i'm joking <laughs> um, yeah Thank you for coming. Appreciate yeah, it. So it's a lovely much. conversation. Yeah. No, it's, oh my god. Honestly, thank you guys. This is so lovely. I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Loved it. Okay. Shall I, shall I piss off? No, we Thank you for listening. If you want to connect with us, find us at our Instagram at Asian Narrative Project. And if you want to share any of your stories, send us a message. We'll be looking forward to hearing from you. And in the meantime, tune in for our monthly episodes and make sure you share it with your friends.